It takes courtesy to not bring up your opinion about everything. It's like vomiting all over everyone. Stop trying to make yourself out to be better than the other person. No one likes self-righteousness. Enchanted Sky Media. From the cool pines of Prescott, Arizona, this is Bullying Life and Stuff, the podcast where Rhonda Orr answers your questions about life's problems. Rhonda is an award-winning executive trainer, traveling and speaking on diverse topics from business management to fear. Arizona's top radio host, Dave Fone, has called her Arizona's leading expert on bullying. She's been a life coach for over 30 years and has founded two nonprofits addressing abuse. Rhonda's writing partner is Dr. Sherry L. McDonald. She's a licensed marriage and family therapist and crime victim specialist working in Westlake Village, California. Now, here's Rhonda. Welcome back. Have you ever dealt with a one-upper? That is someone who has to prove that they do everything better than you do them. Or they actually think they are better than you. It starts to feel like such a game. But you know what? It's a game that no one wins. This week's letter is from a woman whose daughter-in-law has to be better, smarter, and even healthier. (laughs) That one, this is going to be fun. What can she do about it? Here's the letter. We called it one-upping, the game where everyone loses. Dear Rhonda and Dr. Sherry, My problem with my daughter-in-law is awful. I can't figure out why she reacts to me as if we're in a competition, which we aren't. Why would we be? We're family. (laughs) I have to laugh there because I've got a story for you. My daughter-in-law quizzes me like I'm on a TV show. What perfume do I wear? I say a department store brand, and she insists that the natural oils she wears are better. What type of bread do we eat? I say all types. She, of course, has to bread shame. (laughs) She eats 12-grain, gluten-free, organic, non-GMO bread. What a mouthful. I'm not saying anything against that kind of bread. I eat it too, but you know, we'll get to it. What type of makeup do I wear? I say some department store or common brand. She wears herbal makeup from a natural food store. How do I exercise? I walk every day. And she trains for marathons. The final straw was, would I have plastic surgery? Now, that is TMI to begin with. I'm in my 50s, and she's 24. She said she thinks we should be happy with what God gave us. I was irritated And I said, God gave us brains to decide for ourselves 
what to do, and no, I haven't had plastic surgery yet. Heaven forbid I tell her I get Botox (laughs) because I would get a lecture on the poison that it is. She told my son that I was angry with her just because she was trying to get to know me better. She's beautiful, and they just had a gorgeous baby boy. They seem to have a great marriage. Why does she judge me and try to one-up me? Signed, not a one-upper. Well, I think, the, I think the best point here is being a bread shamer. One of my sisters said to me one time, Rhonda, that butter is going to go right to your hips. And granted, she's a size zero. She starves herself. She doesn't eat any fat and so on and so on and so on. And there is not one thing that I do that she doesn't do better. Everything from fat shaming to you name it. One time I went to stay with my mom for three weeks because she had a a knee replacement. She lost a lot of weight and she had already been losing weight. And she started handing me all her size 10 clothes and saying, here, maybe you can wear this. Here, I guess you could wear that. When I graduated from high school, I weighed 107 pounds, which probably was too thin. But in any case, in college, you kind of eat the pizza. And before I stopped drinking, I weighed 128 She laughed because I got on the scale and I weighed 128. She came out and told my other sisters while she's laughing, oh, Rhonda weighs 128. I felt so ashamed. This type of competition goes on in many, many families, unfortunately. There's competitions between husbands and wives. And it really, it hurts because this woman, she has the right attitude. You have the right attitude, mom-in-law. You are family. You shouldn't be comparing. First off, if everyone would stop comparing themselves to each other, we wouldn't have bullying. We would have civility. Two things. I was always taught, especially in the finishing school I went to, that you should never ask certain questions, such as, how much do you weigh? What do you eat? How much do you exercise? Are those your real eyelashes? Is that your real hair? Are those your real boobs? All of those TMI questions that you shouldn't be asking as a family You should love each other because your sister is very warm and comforting and accepting of you or your mom or your dad or whatever it might be. I would get so much anxiety. There have been times in my life where I did gain a lot of weight, like 35 extra pounds. And when I was pregnant, forget it. It was like 60, 60 extra pounds. I mean, people were saying to me, oh my gosh, you know, it was my miracle baby. 
I didn't really care at the moment, and I lost the weight. But that's for me. You want to have a good relationship with your daughter-in-law. And you know what? It's very simple. But it's hard to accept. She thinks you, mom-in-law, are worthy of being one-upped, if that makes sense. Because she wouldn't do this if she didn't think a lot of you. She would just ignore you and be herself better than anybody else type of thing. And the problem is she probably has many doubts about her own self. Self-doubting one-uppers, they can't resist judging other people as less than because of their own insecurities. How can they feel better about themselves? It really is a form of bullying. Now, a lot of people say, well, it's just mean. It's just mean, girl. But from the sound of what you are saying to me about the questions that she quizzes you on all the time and feeling like you're on a a, a quiz show, that's horrible. That's relentless. That's not just annoying. That is relentless. That is damaging to your relationship. Comparing herself to you, trying to one-up you and make you feel less than. I love it. My son, he, he really doesn't put up with that kind of thing. He doesn't let it bother him. He doesn't go on and on. He doesn't explain what he feels or why he does this or, oh my gosh, he doesn't, he's not bread shamed. <laughs> and so I really admire that because that means he feels good in his own skin. He doesn't have those self-doubting problems. It takes so much energy to keep up the pretense of being better than others. And it's even more energy to keep up all the invisible contests that one-uppers start. It must be worth it to her because she she feels that she gets a temporary, quote, win. And she builds her faults. It really is a false sense of self-esteem. If you only have self-esteem because you're making others feel less than you, you don't have self-esteem. You don't have a sense of self-worth. Now, I don't know why people get into their 50s, 60s, 70s and still do this. It just is hard to fathom that you don't have better things to talk about than what you do better than they do. You know, you do this super type of yoga or whatever, Peloton, something much better than the world has ever known. And you feel much better, and you look much better, and therefore you are better. You have one-upped. You have won. She has to win. She has to win with you. 
She can't just let you say what you do and be okay and not compare herself because she can't find another way to feel her own self-worth. However, you both lose when you play the game. You don't need to answer her at all. You can't change her. Everyone knows pretty much by now that is Therapy 101. You cannot change someone. Now, that does not mean that you don't say things or do things to try to help someone or have a conversation about something that's important in life and serious. But if all you talk about is how you look and what size you are and how healthy you are, my feelings are you're probably not very mentally and emotionally healthy. That is not a sign of an emotionally well-being. So don't respond. I know that's that sounds like, what? Don't respond. She'll just keep nagging me. No, she won't. If you simply do not respond, she can't keep saying something. At some point, she's only talking to herself, and you can still keep on going. That's what you get to do. You maintain your dignity. You keep personal information to yourself. You do not have to tell anyone that you've had plastic surgery, hair extensions, boob job, those types of things. You don't owe anybody an explanation of what you have done to feel well enough about yourself to forget yourself. I teach this all the time in my Civility Leadership Academies. I just recently read that Gwen Stefani has always gotten up in the morning, put her makeup on, done her hair, and then she doesn't have to worry about it all day. I was actually taught that in a finishing school. It is not because you are insecure. There is a misnomer in the world today that people that do that must be insecure and they don't feel comfortable in their own skin by looking like crap. Well, I don't want to look that way. And I feel exactly the same way she does. God gave me a brain. And by the way, I am a Christian and I'm thankful for the body that God gave me. It is my temple, but I can clean up my temple. I can make it look as good as possible and then do the things that are important in life, like creating healthy relationships, number one, and number two, serving. Serving by smiling, by helping, by caring, by being considerate, by having courtesy. And it takes courtesy to not bring up your opinion about everything. It's like vomiting all over everyone. Stop it. Stop judging. 
Stop trying to make yourself out to be better than the other person. No one likes self-righteousness. I do not care that my sister is a size zero. I really don't care. But what it really doesn't make me feel good about is the fact that I can't have a good conversation with her, a healthy conversation with her about ideas. It always has to be about people and places and things. So, for instance, I one time was so excited to share New York City with my sisters and mom because that was my stomping grounds. I loved it. I loved living there. I loved Christmas time. So we went there at the beginning of December because you can go walk down window shopping at all the Lord and Taylors and Saks Fifth Avenues where they rope it off like a celebrity event so you can look at the windows, how the windows have been designed. It's a museum. Rockefeller Center. You watch all the ice skaters. I went ice skating there one time with my son. And I realized I can't ice skate anymore. I used to do it when I was fourth and fifth grade and sometimes a little bit older. But anyway, it's a beautiful place with lots of restaurants and a fun, exhilarating, exciting place. But guess what? One of my sisters had to one-up me and take my other sister to Chicago to show her that Chicago was much better than New York City. And I found out they were all talking about me behind my back. It hurts when you are trying to have a healthy relationship, trying to share and not one-up. Share your heart. Share your ideas. Share your good thoughts. Have that good energy. One-uppers don't have good energy because they waste it all trying to make themselves look better than other people. That is so insecure. I can't emphasize it enough. So how do you not respond? Change the subject in a very matter-of-fact way. Because if you don't do it in a matter-of-fact way, you are, in essence, giving in to the game. You're going to lose. Because they will grab onto your frustration or anger or your own insecurities. And if you didn't think you had them, you might start developing them around a one-upper and start feeling, wow, she really is better than me because she really does exercise for two hours a day and she's a size zero and she never eats butter and she bread shames. You don't have to play into that. Just change the subject. Keep changing the subject, even if you have to talk to your own self. Babies are great distractions. So if you're out walking and you've had the baby, sit down and start ooing and aahing with the baby. She'll love it anyway. That baby is going to feel so unjudged by you because you have the right idea. You do what it takes to make you feel good enough about yourself And as I mentioned, we teach this. Feel well enough about yourself. Get up in the morning. Do what you need to do. Then forget about how does your hair look? How does your makeup look? How does your body look? How does your outfit look? You are done with you. 
you switch the focus to another person. And with that other person, you talk about ideas, joyous things. Now, am I saying this because I'm perfect at it? (laughs) No way. I am not perfect. But oftentimes I catch myself and I back off because I respect them and because I have integrity. In a perfect way, no. But I try. And if you share that positive change of subject, matter of fact, in a matter of fact way, and don't share all the TMI that she wants to share, if you do that, you're going to shine. You're going to be happy. Let her sit in her own misery that she didn't get to bread shame you, (laughs) okay? Maybe she'll even start to realize that she doesn't need to play a game to win confidence. It's a win-win situation if you do that. That's all I have to say about that. If you have a problem and you would like me and Dr. Sherry to give you our opinion, just head over to our website, It's bullyinglifeandstuff.com. <laughs> you can send me an email there. There's a link to all our archived columns from the past. We've covered a lot of topics, but we're always happy to take on more. I'm Rhonda Orr. Until next time, let's build civility for a new generation. Bullying, life, and stuff is a production of Enchanted Sky Media. If you want to connect with Rhonda, go to our website, bullyinglifeandstuff.com. And if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, you should. That way you'll never miss an episode.